How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Strange. Yeah? What's weird about tonight? No, I, I recently got uh, my PhD, so now I'm a doctor of strangeness. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I know, I know, you like to sometimes marvel at my accolades, but you don't need to. It's fine. You can show restraint. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to follow up on that. Ideally, this would be where I had the follow up pun, like right off the cuff. But I mean, that's for someone who's a little quicker, I think. And then um, one person's like, "Oh, is it actually they're talking about Doctor Strange?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, right, right. That's when Marvel makes sense now too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I get what you're saying. Um. He does have a weird name. I mean, like, obviously, haha, funny, strange, but like, I do feel like to a certain extent that would impact. You know, like the people that have names where it's like the first thing you think about them is going to be a pun. Like, and they have to, yeah. they have to carry that through life, right? It's yeah, like, I'm glad that's... I have a normal ass name in comparison because I, I don't want that burden. Uh huh. Um, because it's like, introduce yourself as dr strange and like how many people would just be like haha that's a that's a weird name or be like something like that you're like no it's it was yeah i've met enough you know uncle types in my time to be like i i can't entertain this type of humor it's lowbrow lowbrow at best Mm -hmm. the reason i feel strongly about this is i'm actually in the camp uh i haven't been my entire life but at some point state farm made a certain series of of, uh, of mm-hmm. advertisements and that has become like way more popular in like the American zeitgeist than I ever thought possible because <laughs> that's the association I get with like random strangers and things like that. And I'm like, haha, you're not the first one. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it though. It's the, it's the knee jerk. Like how do I make a, a friendly connection with this person? Oh, uh-huh. something that they'd probably no, a, a nice, nice light joke. Uh-huh. Then you're just like seventeenth hundred, seventeenth hundred time I've heard this fucking shit. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's like if you're a retail worker and someone comes up and they're like, "There was no price tag on this. Guess that means it's free, right?" Ha ha ha. You're like, "No, sir. I'm gonna call security and have you <laughs> killed." <laughs> <laughs> That's what they don't tell you about most retail stores. That's what security can do uh, uh-huh. is uh, exert lethal force when necessary. Yeah. Yeah. At the behest of hourly employees. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I suspect perhaps the uh, the Marvel joke was just a roundabout way to talk about tonight's topic. Stranger Things. Yes. I know you were ready. You're like, all right, ready for the next joke. Leans in. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if like you were doing the setup for like, oh, and Dave will say it. I'm like, uh-huh. they don't fucking have it in stereo where we're in different ears and it's going to be impactful. Mm-hmm. We could, but it would be disconcerting AF um, to just have that swap in the middle of the episode. No, oh, I was thinking like for the whole episode, it's just constantly split. Oh, and when yeah. we have a guest, they're also just somewhere in there. <laughs> they're just they're just like in surround sound they're like back right <laughs> they get the god echo uh-huh yeah now i've um 
when I record, I think probably the same for you, you're recording, you know, on one input for like, um, uh, the condenser mic input for the uh, audio interface. And so like by default, that actually will just go to a single channel. So it'd be really easy to do just left and right ears, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound good. It feels uncomfortable to hear people from different. No, ears. it sucks. You're like, what's wrong with my audio? Mm-hmm. Which is why in the very few cases where it's used in a song, I think we mentioned once there's a run the jewel song. Mm-hmm. Where we won't remain in our places is the line, and then they have remain in our places in two different sides. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's a nice little touch. That's smart, but it's not so jarring. Yeah, it's uh, there's ways to mitigate it a little bit, or sometimes people have instruments that'll like kind of travel from one side to the other. But um, yeah, we're not doing that with a podcast. <laughs> that's that's the one request you know <laughs> we're not acquiescing to um, thank you for all your suggestions but we're not changing the audio <laughs> it's weird that that's the only one we get though right? episode ideas <laughs> oh no just uh specific audio things okay uh-huh yeah but uh i guess for a little bit of a a, a meta point we haven't really talked about shows before or if we have it's kind of been in passing within the context of a larger episode we definitely haven't had a dedicated um episode on a show before how do you feel about this going into it i'm super nervous mm-hmm. i don't believe you no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's easier to talk about something that you you have experience with and a decent recollection of versus mm-hmm. oh do you remember land before time and i'm like kind of yeah, tree stars uh that's that all i could really say about it the, but at the least ma- so good i'll say at least with stranger things season four came out fairly recently mm-hmm. within the last two months is that right yeah um, that seems right i don't know how it's time been like works an, since like 2020 but <laughs> that sounds true. roughly correct <laughs> um but also like people keep watching like recap stuff in between like seasons and i feel like it's still pretty fresh in everybody's memory of the overall story beats of stranger things right mm-hmm. and i also assume that most people have seen it at this point or at least familiar with the the concept mm-hmm. yeah D D, the show <laughs> oh my gosh literally oh. <laughs> literally uh D 3.5 um uh-huh. or even just f- fifth edition itself um just mm-hmm. transcribed into visual media for everybody uh-huh <laughs> yeah, i i know i know i'm just preparing um yeah so uh let's scope this out we're going to be talking about stranger things as a whole right everything mm-hmm. potentially prior to season four although you know probably not in an episode by episode recap just you know full spoilers on all that as well as full spoilers on season four so if you auto played to this and you actually haven't watched Stranger Things, then stick around. We're going to spoil everything. That's the disclaimer. (laughs) So when Stranger Things first came out, um, I have an explicit memory of watching like the title sequence and having the music kick in and it being like the mind blowing experience of like, oh, this is Netflix. This is the future. Uh Uh, And it was very exciting and thrilling of like this dark kind of scooby-doo adventure mm-hmm. uh tangential enough to reality for you to relate to 
but enough fantasy to be like, I'm excited. What's going on? I want to solve the mystery with the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it's very much in that vein. And I love that they really haven't changed the intro. I think they've re-rendered it a little bit, but um, it's really brief. It's incredibly short. Um, if anything, it's kind of like it reminds me in some ways of like Westworld, who doesn't have like a, mu- a very long intro either. Um, but <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say how they differ, right? Stranger Things is literally just the logo, um, and that's like it. Westworld's this whole process for the intro of like the creating of the um, can't even remember what they're called, but that's fine. Hosts. I'm not going. What are they? Hosts, hosts, yeah. Um, not going into Westworld for this, but they're both like short as compared to like an anime open where it's just like credits versus like while a song's playing and all this is going on like interspersed with a bunch of action from either, you know, stuff that's going to go on this season and um, Westworld would put like kind of in the middle. It's, it's giving you some exposition about what's going on. That classic anime openings all the way over here on the side where it's like, we're literally just going to show you spoilers from later in the season. It, and it Stranger Things so is much. like a logo, right? It's a logo plus scent. <laughs> yeah, it's the title card approach. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, here's your little intro of whatever it was. It's like, just you know, this is Stranger Things. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And that's when you know, like, hey, the episode's going down for real. Uh huh. It's it's not not fake this time. This, <laughs> this one's an actual episode. Um. I like it though. It's a good primer. It gets you like in the mood, like for that universe. It's like, all right, I'm ready to be titillated. Let's go, Stranger Things. What's going on? Also, a side thing: if you haven't heard the Childish Gambino mix of that, mm. where like they take one of his songs and then just it's like matched beat perfect with um the Stranger Things theme. It is Jeez. very good. Yeah, the one I listened I to that of, way too many times. I don't think I've heard that one. So you might have to send that one to me. Um, there's a only was in my YouTube favorites. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, the the one I'm uh, thinking of is there's it's on YouTube. It's Kyle Dixon, Michael Stein, Kids, which is like the the theme song for the kids. Capca remix. Um, that one came out in like 2016. Really good, really good. Um, if you think about like if you need more information about like what that song is, it's when the kids are like banding together about to do something motivational. Like it's their, it's the the peak of the hero's journey for them. in a given season is usually when that song kicks in. Okay. Um, I think I'd have to hear it again to recognize yeah. it. Uh, I'd be like, Oh yeah. that. You know what? We'll just, you know, what's funny now that we've described it is we should just use some of these songs for like the intro and outro and <laughs> just make the, the real time audible on that. I mean, literally every time we do like an intro and outro, unless I'm going knee deep into like silver gunner bullshit, uh-huh. that's what happens. We're talking about the edits that we want to do. And then they just happen in the episodes. If you're listening. You're like, okay, so I just guess I get to just hear their process as part of the, the episode. And they use two minutes for that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll send you the link for that. And then I'll edit the comment to say, use this for the intro and depending the childish Gambino thing I would advocate for the outro thank you guys for sticking around for a meta commentary about how we'll edit the episode while we're recording it (laughs) so going back to uh, Stranger Things season one Mm -hmm. I think season one was all around solid Mm -hmm. Um, it really 
obviously it's the first one so it's setting the tone of everything you have nothing else to compare it to and it's very much this i don't want to say hijinks adventure makes it sound too goofy yeah it is this thriller mystery of where the fuck is will byers what's going on yeah because you're like oh small town hawkins indiana and then it's like parentheses demon jack hmm yeah yeah this is like it's it's interesting thinking back on it because this is like the kids haven't proven themselves really at this point. They're just kids, right? They're not the heroes. You don't know the rules of the universe yet. You don't know like how likely the writers are to kill people off. Um, it's a show that's like I can't remember exactly like when they established that it's going to be okay to be like violent, right? Or like grotesque. Um, but they do establish that, you know, fairly early on, I think. Um, I can't remember what season Barb dies. Is that one? One. It is one. Yeah. Um, it was within and- like the first couple of episodes. Cause I think Will had gone missing initially in episode one, the, the disappearance or vanishing of Will Byers. And then Barb was the second person to go missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her, which was her documented death. by will's brother jonathan right her death was basically i think that was the moment for me where i was just like oh geez like they're they're really willing to make this like kind of kind of serious right like that this is not kids show stuff this is not scooby-doo um this is a fairly brutal death of like a character who's killed kind of helplessly um and you know I know they revisit the trauma of that for like Nancy later and things like that. But um, yeah, no, at the time I was like, you know, wide eyed, you know, staring at the screen. I don't know what they're going to do next. These kids not guaranteed to make it. Yeah. By season four, I I think the kids will probably make it. But (laughs) (laughs) I like that they added stakes to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as I said before in video games, like if you're or other medium, if you're having like certain storytelling uh you have to have the stakes to a certain degree depending on what type of tier of drama you're trying to convey Uh so this immediately becomes like oh it's a life or death thing there's always the possibility that it is life and death for any given thing right so your overall tension and suspense throughout the show is oh is somebody gonna fucking die randomly i don't know Mm because barb was just you know mind your own fucking business and then boom yeah, there was no comeuppance for Barb. Uh, she was the the innocent victim. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if it was, e- even if you go back to like um, horror movies, a lot of the times it's just like, okay, innocent people might die at some point, but it's always it might... like the loudest motherfucker yeah, first. Yeah. Somebody you want to see go first or something like that. Um, they like to play that up because it's a give and take with the audience. Um, whereas this one, it's like, hey, you know, you could get invested with these characters, um, but, you know, things are developing in the upside down, which I think you develop. You, they don't tell you much about that until like later in season one, if I remember correctly. Like, it's somewhere in like the halfway point because yeah. a lot of the overall storytelling you get is from the kids um, as like they're figuring it out as, you know, the characters, you're getting told it as the audience. Mm hmm. And like they they flip the the board game upside down. You're like, uh-huh. yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes the show does make things a little too literal, <laughs> right? But 
what do you think about because like obviously we'll talk about the other seasons a little bit but sure. as they've essentially gone through everything that they described from D&D or from like their initial campaign or where they're at in that point in time then becomes their reality right or do you think it's them just mapping something that they do know which is D&D to their current situation through yeah, like it's oh that- this giant overarching thing oh that's that's the mind flayer uh-huh yeah i think i think it's a very convenient storytelling shortcut to be like hey how do people relate to something that they have no concept of right you make an association it's the same reason like uh if somebody was like shambling after me in the morning when i like went to check the mail i'd be like there's a chance there's a zombie outbreak right now Mm -hmm. right in reality like why would i ever expect there to be a zombie outbreak this is fiction stuff but your brain associates that so same thing the kids did they're like we know about a monster that kind of sort of maybe relates to this it really doesn't but you know like having more D knowledge um but it is it's a nice shortcut it's kind of funny though because like in like a real life situation i feel like if i was playing a game even if it was you know fantasy themed and then like some crazy shit went down i'd be like oh so it's like that video game we were playing how how uncanny is that uh-huh yeah. Like, yeah. oh no, it's a uh, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. It's like, no, this guy like came up with a burning sword and like killed three of our friends. <laughs> uh-huh. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a very different creature, right? Like Demogorgon in D and D, two heads, like tentacle arms. It's freaking gigantic. Um, it shows up in some of the adventures. Demogorgon in Stranger Things is like flower head like claws i think it has i can't remember yeah. exactly what's on its its arms but um like objectively it's different like there's not actually really much that's similar but these are kids so like they they had this as a monster it was in their headspace they find a real life monster absolutely they'll make that association so good enough. i think that actually continues in season two where you have the demo dogs because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's the same type of thing with the flower head. Uh, but it's like a, it's on four legs. It's a dog. Yes. It's exactly. like projecting into more monsters. Makes sense. <laughs> the first time is a Demador- Demogorgon. These ones are dogs. You know, all monsters. <laughs> we'll go from those back to more fantasy monsters. <laughs> Most people prefer the Demo cats, but they haven't come up in the season yet. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Waiting for the big reveal. <laughs> um, but I, I, if we're talking about the monster. Um, I don't know if you, you had other things you wanted to speak about in that space or you, you were ready to talk about Demogorgon in general. Yeah, we can talk about it. I, I liked that because it's very much, it's all unknown at this point in season one mm-hmm. that you literally have like a faceless monster entity and you just know, oh, it's in the upside down, but it can sometimes get into our world. Yeah. So you have the suspense of like when and where is it going to happen and how the fuck is Will still alive? You know, because it doesn't seem like he has survival instincts. And uh, I mean, you've seen it like fuck people up. So yes. like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the he's the unlikely survivor. There's a lot of tension for him. Um, I think the Demogorgon, like the first time you see it is when Eleven finds it in the upside down. Right. She's like looking for someone and reaches out. And well, like while it's feeding. 
that sounds right. Yeah, this I'm is pretty probably sure in like the, the blackout mind space when yeah. she's like initially helping look for Will, who she doesn't even know at this point. Mm-hmm. But she's just helping her her new friends. But like they do, they do. The credit I want to give like season one is that they do a really good job of like hide hide your power level is probably the trope, but like do that for the monster, right? Like the Demogorgon in season one is a completely different threat level than the Demogorgon in season four. Um, right? Like, it's, in season one, it's like, it's straight up abducting people, and it's like, okay, it's like fed on a deer, and it's carnivore, and they're like getting these little pieces of information about it. It's got like these localized portals. It can kind of like dip into reality and like dip back out in a way It's that, Predator. Like, it's basically Predator. Basically Predator, yeah. Um, and it's really serious. It's like, there's no way we could fight this thing. And so they have to, like, use their godchild 11 <laughs> to, to ultimately, like, uh, vaporize it later. Um, and just to skip ahead a little bit, like, by season four, some injured, malnourished guy, like, kills one with a sword. So, like, yeah, there's there's a difference. Um, admittedly, it was lit. It was caught on fire. But still, he kills it with a sword. Yeah, it's it's very much in part of it's like the power creep of a show mm-hmm. or just in media in general. Um, like as you go, you have to have like the stakes increase. Otherwise, it's like, shouldn't they have like learned from this experience? Or like, why are they still fighting like the putties in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. Like those are like literally trash at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other part of it is literally in season one, like everything is unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't know about like the fire weakness until towards the very end of season one where they're like, it's been like fire. P.S. Nobody likes being set on fire. I don't uh-huh. know if you can jump to that conclusion. Um, but they found something that worked and then they use it later on as a, hey, this is something that we can keep in our books as as useful versus demo anything. Yeah. It's kind of the very traditional problem solving approach to like a boss. And using your analogy, it's like, episode one of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder doesn't just like show up <laughs> and start beating them to death, right? <laughs> like you you need some escalation before you reach that, which I think is like season five of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can't remember, but um, yeah, like by the end, the Demogorgon is just seen as more of a creature than intelligent. And you have no idea of the concept of that, like uh, in season one. All because of this hidden knowledge thing. It's like, if this was to go back to D&D for a second, you deal with, like, the most localized threat first, right? You're in someone's basement hunting rats <laughs> or something, right? Clearing out rats from the basement. Once you're done with that, you're like, hey, maybe the town has a problem. Let's go look at an issue for the town. You're like, okay, now the region has a problem. Now the world has a problem, right? And it's like, all right, we got to pick one of us to be <laughs> elevated to be a god. Yeah, it's just, it's still rats. <laughs> Give just me the bigger rat and bigger rats. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, it's a tried and true method of making it feel like the, the camera's zooming back on, like, the mind map of everything involved. And you're seeing a bigger picture of what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, that's a lot of the draw in is the mystery of the universe and not knowing everything up front. Because if you knew everything up front, you're, you'd be like, oh, I can piece together one, what's happening, two, right. what they probably should do, 
then it's easier to like pick holes in a story of well, why didn't they just take the eagles and drop off the rings that like <laughs> type thing where you have like the full picture to then make that commentary right um, well the eagles are proud and also there's the nazgul you know you gotta gotta account for so oh they no. possess the eagles <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, the the theory would be um it wouldn't be a guaranteed approach if the dark lord was just like hey there's giant birds and they're flying to mount doom let's uh let's kill those <laughs> um but yeah i think it's it's definitely helpful and it would have recontextualized things like if you if you theorize if we knew about like vecna in season one we'd be like why do why are we spending much time so much time like spend like with this demogorgon thing yeah right you, your brain wants to go to the most important, the most dangerous thing at any time. So you hide your power level. You hide the danger. These are all just underlings for whoever um, the antagonist of the Power Rangers is. That lady. I can't remember her name. Um, this is Mighty Morphin is the one I'm thinking of. It's not Zordon. Pretty Wait, sure there's that's a, the guy in a tube. A lady in and. And she's like a oh, Rita Repulsa. Yes, Rita Repulsa. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, We're gonna I just love keep... her design. <laughs> Thirty minutes of analogies <laughs> for 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 villain the one thing from uh nineties cartoons. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but all in all, like season one, solid. Um, I grew to like all of the characters to a degree. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, I understand their personality and who they are. And at this point, like, I do not dislike anybody. I'm just like, that was a cool show. I'm excited to see what they do for season two. I would say just one more note on season one. Like, they had a pretty good balance on personal life issues. And then, like, what in the world is going on past midnight in darkness horror land? Um, And so, like, you were learning about the characters. and The characters were growing together and, you know, like, bonding as a team. Um, and the kids are just trying to get other parents. I was like, we have to go save the world. Mom, stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stuff right. like that where it's relatable. Right. So wish he had the excuse as a kid. Well, I mean, it's better than like the Pokemon approach where like Ash just goes off at 10 to be like, yo, I'm going to go explore the world on my own. Peace. And everybody's <laughs> like, is, does nobody see an issue with that? Uh-huh. Um, Ash's mom's just like, fine, I was going to invite somebody over and needed a reason to get out of the house anyways. <laughs> that is one of the going theories that she was just fucking Professor Oak. <laughs> <laughs> Professor like, Oak's it... just like, man, Pokemon are kind of expensive, but it's worth it just to spend some time <laughs> with your mom. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. But yeah, season one, very solid. What were your impressions then... on season two? Was two, was two the next one, or was it uh, a? We might, one and we a might half? go to three. But yeah, season two, it continues on like a year later. One of my issues with this transition, which you'll you'll see again many times, is at mm-hmm. the end of season one, Eleven is presumed to be dead because right. she used her psychic energy and like disappeared along with uh, the Demogorgon. You're like, oh, she dead. Mm-hmm. At the end, they're like, or is she? And <laughs> yes. then at the beginning of season two, they're like. Hey, we still believe that this person's alive. We just haven't seen them all the whole time. And was that Ego to the Forest? Was yeah. That, yeah. Okay. That that was one of them. I think there might have been another something they did for it. But then, in like season two, at the beginning of it, they're very soon like, 
ah, we're just kidding. She's she's right here uh-huh. type thing. And they, yeah. they do that a lot. And I understand it's like the suspense between seasons, but like, I don't, unless you see me, unless, sorry, unless you show me somebody being brutally murdered on screen, they're uh-huh. fucking alive because I know you at this point. Mm-hmm. Going back to Lord of the Rings. Yes, the Balrog pulled Gandalf down, you know, like in so far underground, but we didn't see Gandalf die, so he's not dead. It's just like exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Boromir, on the other hand, fucking <laughs> <gets> destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna simultaneously I mean, talk about all of the things, uh, everything in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember too much about season two, like the, the some of the middle seasons, kind of like don't go as easily together for me. So I don't really remember the antagonist of season two, if you could. Oh yeah. Been read, been doing all these recaps today. Season Mm -hmm. two is basically, um, I think also at the end of season one, Will Byers is like, man, I'm sure glad that trauma's over. And then it coughs up like a black slug into the sink. Yeah. Then he has like visions of, um, the upside down. So like, you know, there's still like a darkness presence. Yeah. So yeah. this is the one with the shadow monster and he's basically affixed to will to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like the tunnels later on under Hawkins and there's like the demodogs. Mm-hmm. And this is also the season where Steve Harrington becomes one of the best characters because he becomes, he plays the mom of all the kids, yeah. the reluctant babysitter. This is the one where he has the, uh, the like ahoy, outfit right is this that one or is that season three season three season three, season okay. three is well, the whole season minor spoiler love the outfit it's freaking great <laughs> it's one of his in uh, dead by daylight too which is just oh, really? it's the perfect nice. one that's the one he should be wearing <laughs> um, but uh yeah i i can't recall too much about season three to comment on it so you'd have to dredge up memory or season two for me to comment on it, but you'd have to dredge up memory for me to say too much there. Um, a lot of it is just will being like a, a weird possessed kid and uh, them trying to figure out like what's going on um, and like how to help him. And then also, of course, people are doing science things where they shouldn't be doing science things. Mm-hmm. So like there's still a facility that's operated Um trying to remember this, who the doctor's names are was this big gate the season that had the big gate or was that later yes that was three. Oh, it was two okay no two had the big gate okay. um so like they're trying to close things after the end of season one but like they're unable to mm-hmm. um also 11 is with hopper at this point he right. finds her and is like taking care of her but also like keeping her secret so the the government agencies don't come after her mm-hmm this is after the death of Bob because Bob dies in like season one, right? No, it's still two. Bob dies near the end of season two. This is the problem is like so you, many years you have, have like passed. the random. Yeah, just yeah. The pieces of like this happened. It's like there's no way Bob was still alive in the season two, right? And I was like, no, Sam survives. Season That's one. the other thing I was going to say. Fuck, it's <laughs> Sean Astin, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is all like. Uh, thinly guys lord of the rings episode yeah i think it might be the same universe (laughs) that's that's the hot take that'll be the conspiracy theory for the end um yeah i think this is this is the beginning of when i start to 
realize that this show sometimes spends too much time on certain characters and not enough time on other characters, yep. and they don't know how to balance it. So, like, I really like what they built with Steve Harrington and uh, not. I'm Robin. thinking of the actor's name, but not Dustin. Dustin. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like their dynamic, it's so cute and adorable and wholesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like in this season, they also had Eleven go off to visit other uh, project kids, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "It's basically like a DBZ thing where it's like, there's this threat. How do we deal with this threat? I gotta go explore and find myself and go into the hyperbolic time chamber, uh-huh. and then." there's some jump the shark thing where she goes to find somebody to help her psychic powers. And then she comes back with like slick back hair and she's like, I will help. And I'm like, your dialogue's so well written. Um, (laughs) It's unfortunately not (laughs) pretty much the whole super bad. Um, But yeah, I I didn't feel like the, the whole season was that memorable. Yeah. Even just based on what you're saying, like I remember bits and pieces, but not, Mm hmm. Yeah, like while we're talking about Eleven for a little bit, like there's some excuse to it. And that the in-universe excuse is that she is like a not socialized child, right? Like this is the reason she kind of struggles to relate to people and things like that. But the problem is they use that line like way too long, like far too long. Past a point, like kids are pretty adaptive um, and... Like, she's going to eventually start speaking with contractions. And, like, she's not going to be Data her entire life. And eventually, she's going to learn how to talk to people. And, yeah, she'll have trauma. And you can use that as a plot device. That's free. That's a free space. But, like, it can't just always be that, right? As a, as a brief jump, in season four, when she said, no, you, I was like, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's it felt like I was arguing with a a middle schooler and like what is happening here? <laughs> mhm. There's a, there's actually I can't recall the season it's in, but it's a a really cool scene while she where she's hanging out with Max and like they just go off and like do makeup and like buy clothes and all of that stuff. She has like a, her makeover thing 3, okay? I'm, I'm uh, the audience season is three. 3. Yeah. <laughs> and like this feels like the turning point for her character where it's like, this is it. She can relate with the humans and they just completely go back on it. But this is a common problem in shows that go a little bit longer is they like tend to revisit the same tropes. And we'll see that I think a lot more in season four. They're just like that thing we resolved. (laughs) We left like a little tiny hole in the door and we're just going to blow the whole thing open again. So is it a the emperor was back by some means or something? What's oh, the Star oh, yeah. Wars Somehow the emperor joke? returned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to write that Fortnite. one in in your giant fucking yellow paragraph? That slow scrolling paragraph, you piece of shit. You get the, you get the story if you play Fortnite first, but um, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the issue I kind of have with the kids. the The other thing is like. I kind of feel bad for the actors sometimes because they just don't do anything for like a given season. 
Um, I don't know how much time you want to spend in like two and three. If there's anything you want to touch there, let's hit that before talking about stuff in four. Um, do you remember what happens in season three? Russians. That's about all I got. I mean, yeah, it's in almost every season. There's like some degree of Russia, uh, mm. but season three is the mall season. Mm-hmm. So that's where Stephen. Um, this is keep forgetting Billy her name. And... Season with Billy's actually in season two. He just gets possessed in season three. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So he's the one of the four facing antagonists in season three. Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole shadow monster that then just kills a whole bunch of people to oh, be yeah. like a meat mass, and then just fuck around in the mall. Mm-hmm. But under the mall is where they have another gate that the Russians are working on. Right. Okay. And that's where you meet, like, again, I forget his name, but the one Russian guy who's always drinking like a, a slushy and he mm-hmm. loves American culture. Yeah. But, like he was like a nice fun character. Cause you had like the, the insanity of Murray, who's the conspiracy theorist. Um, and always Dr. is following Alexi. Yeah. He's always following what's going on with Russia. And then Lexi is like a pretty mild mannered scientist in comparison. He's just like, oh, this is nice. And he's just glad to be out of his like a uh, super serious job. Yeah. So he's just kind of enjoying things. Yeah, I think part of the part of the issue I had with season three is like Cold War stories. <laughs> There's so many of them. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you Tom Clancy's done it better, right? Like you don't have to like show this conflict. Um, I get that it's, you know, appropriate for the time in this fictional universe when things are going down. But like, it's funny to say this now, right? Because the show's come out and now Russia is actually like an aggressor <laughs> against Ukraine and all of this mm-hmm. stuff's going on. But I almost think like they wouldn't have made it like very obvious U.S. government versus like Russian government if that was all in the limelight then. But I don't know. It's it doesn't add much to it for me. Like I don't need real life superpower conflicts being some of the major movers in this fantasy universe. Um, No, they just needed a group of people and they chose what's been like a really common enemy trope in like all 90s well yeah in the same way like in action movies oh who's the main antagonist uh russia or somebody over there and and those countries wherever or who's somebody who gestures with their hands a lot oh fucking italians and like Uh certain tropes are very much still true in media because it's easy racism i don't know it's yeah it's a shortcut it's a whipping boy for sure though you don't have to think about it too much. It's like, who do we hate? Uh, zombies, Nazis, and Nazi zombies. anyone against and Nazi zombies. There you go. Um, yeah, it's not like absolutely terrible, but if they if they're in the show, they should have just been like a minor piece. They shouldn't have been like major players, major movers. And like by season four, they're straight up like experimenting on and containing the monsters and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't. I don't need that. <laughs> right. Tell me, it's, yeah. just make it the Illuminati. I don't care. Just make it the Illuminati. That's more interesting to me. Yeah. Season three also had even, I mean, it's been progressing since season one, the amount that they put it in, but a lot of the interrelationship stuff between yeah. uh, the 
the main cast and like to a degree i get it like it's that age middle school high school people are developing feelings for each other i've since cut that out easy peasy mm-hmm. um yeah. like i get it in universe <laughs> <laughs> the number of jokes i thought of after that i'm like not not on podcast um, <laughs> in universe it makes sense and it adds like a degree of drama and like, oh, I hope these these folks make it because they care about each other type thing. Hmm. Um, but they do, for me at least, focus on a little bit too much because I personally don't care if any of these characters are dating or if they right. stick together or not because they're kids. Now, if it was like an ongoing thing in like Game of Thrones and like you've seen these characters like live and fight and shit together like oh i understand there's more of a a thing where oh i'm glad that john snow got together with um his aunt because of these reasons you know right um because you're into that (laughs) uh, yeah Yeah, i agree i think like that i was just gonna i was just gonna like interject like there's a place for it and it's realistic but my argument against it is from like a theatrical perspective or like a storytelling perspective. You don't want to tell people things. I'm going to keep using D and D as an example. Thanks. Stranger things. If you walk into a room and the storyteller or dungeon master or whatever, like describes this ornate throne and it seems to be glistening in an unnatural light and all of this goes on. And then it's like a chair. Your players are going to spend a lot of time figuring out that it's a chair. And the issue with like a show is if you spend all the time on these relationships, but it doesn't matter, like it's not really going anywhere, or you expect that you're going to trudge it back up later as like an unresolved thread. What are we doing? Make the show shorter, right? Like that's literally what you should do because you're introducing things that don't matter. Um, and I you think can it make... comes back to the the stakes. Yeah. Like, the only reason I'm going to tell you that I love you and I want to spend, like, the rest of my life with you mm-hmm. on camera in, like, a a bit of a wind-down scene in between some of the action, oh, is because you're planning to do something that's fucked up to me later. I think that's yeah. why. But it's, like, that doesn't work by, like, season four, right? So, like, there's, the, there's this whole arc where it's, like, Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, right? It's, like, who's gonna, who's Nancy gonna pick? And they resolve it, and then they open it back up in season four for, like, no reason. They also don't go anywhere with it, uh, worth noting. They kind of just tease it, like, between scenes and things like that. And it's left completely unresolved. And so there's a premium on, like, the the very last minutes of your season. And whatever you put there had better be dang important. Because if not, just put the credits. We've already had like the climax of the battle and all that stuff and the resolution. And they're still spending time being like, oh, I don't know, Nancy. Nancy might end up with Steve. Is Are things good with Jonathan? He's, I mean, she says they're good. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And again, this goes back to what I was saying about the transition from season one to season two, where they're like, this is definitely how it is or is it and then uh-huh. they have to reopen those things and say like hey here are the hooks to come watch the next season 
Like, know. hey guys, Vecna's dead. Oh wait, checks back of neck. He might not be dead. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, then why the fuck did we do all this? Um, and like, why are you opening up relationship stuff? And I'll be honest, I think I said this to you before, like immediately after. I through the last episode, mm-hmm. I watched maybe half of it, and then was just mashing Jay. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, because I was so burnt on them not doing anything. What felt like for the entire season. Yeah. Like, I like the Scooby-Doo adventure of Vecna. Interesting character. I kind of wish they would have seeded that earlier in an earlier season. For like, oh, this ties to, oh, that was actually Vecna. Okay, cool. Versus just, it's a new character. Still cool overall. I like the reveal. Um, But I felt like they had too many side adventures and side plots that you could have so easily cut out. Like everything that happened with the adventure van ride didn't fucking matter. It's just, hey, how did Eleven get out of the facility? Oh, a car ride. From which characters? Oh, these characters. How are we going to get them there? Uh, we'll put them on a the thing for no reason. Like, okay, yeah. sure. It's, it's, if it's not a literal Deus Ex Machina, it's too convenient to be plausible that like they show up as she's emerging from the facility, right? Like that's, I get that it's meant to just be seen and enjoyed. And I think it's a good season for that. But like, you should also be able to think about it without it falling to pieces. Right. Like there is no like existence of a higher power in stranger things. That's confirmed to be like, all right, and line them up. So they appear at the same spot here. Right. Like, um, so too many coincidences. We're officially on season four. (laughs) Yeah. So I like season four, but thinking about it is unfortunate. is <laughs> the problem. I enjoyed watching season four for a bit. And they're like, oh, hey, that's part one. I'm like, okay, when's part two? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, part two is out literally a week later. I'm like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll watch another seven episodes. They're like, hold on there, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, we meant there's a second part. We did not say how long it was. Okay, how long is it? Two episodes. Okay, so it's just you did seven hours and two hours. We're like, well, actually, each of these <laughs> yeah. episodes. And I'm like, what? The breakup is so weird mm-hmm. because I feel like it w- was it six episodes or seven for Before the first the, I think it was seven. Okay, so it's like seven episodes and then a cliffhanger kind of after they gave you like a big reveal. And then it's the climax episode. And then it's the nothing fucking happens and we resolve all loose ends. But then we untangle the ball for no fucking reason episode. Would you say that that is accurate? I mean, it's kind of kind of fair. This is similar to when I watched like Al Noah, though, and then I waited till it was all out. Like we watched it all pretty back to back because we waited till the season was done to watch it. Mm hmm. So I didn't get that like as much. It was more like, how are we going to carve out time to watch two and a half hours of this, you know, during the work week? Um, But your impressions of what happens, I would agree with. Um, Regardless of how like it it was recorded or how they dropped it, how they packaged and produced it. It's. It was fun to watch. And then looking back on it, there's just so many things that I just think could have been removed from the story entirely and the unfortunate thing is it's probably like half of it um and that's a lot 
Yeah. You know how we didn't talk about any of the Russia plot? It's because we don't give a fuck about it. And it doesn't tie into anything outside of like at the end of the episode, at the end of the season, like Hopper's back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like there's, there's a potential, I know that they'll continue to use some of those characters, but the issue is that on the face of it, that's fine. Right. You're developing Murray, you're developing Hopper, uh, you're developing Joyce. Um, but the issue is, I don't usually care what these characters are doing. And the other issue is, like, when it comes to the kids, they spend time with usually, like, two or three of them-ish, maybe maybe four, like, for a season. But there's a lot more kids than that. And because, like, they focus on just a couple of these kids, the other kids are doing, like, nothing. And sometimes when they're spending time with the kids, it's for stuff I don't care about either. I'm more interested in the fantasy aspect than the high school aspect at this point. Um, and no interest at all in what the, the parents are doing. It's really unfortunate because I want those people to continue to make money. And I think they're yeah, doing a I, decent, like a good job acting. But the writing isn't there to make their part interesting. I like everybody's acting. A lot of acting comes down to like whatever director like let get through, but mm-hmm. like they do a good job of conveying their characters a hundred percent. Even the people who are like less on screen, even the uh, even Mike's dad, Mike and Nancy's mm-hmm. dad, who's just such like a nothing character. He has like two lines a season. You you get who that guy is based oh, on yeah. his character. I actually really like his character because he's yeah. he's the most grounded. Like you could tell the kids would hate this guy. Yeah, he's just—he's a dad, dad, and you're just like, oh, uh-huh. he's that guy. But like, it's... there's one exchange I remember, and this is how you know he's a good mm-hmm. character, where he's talking to Dustin, who's like eating breakfast at their house, and he's like, oh, geez, take us for all we're worth, and Dustin's like, okay, sure, and like just shovels food. <laughs> Such a good exchange. That's the stuff I love, right? Yeah, um, and it's like it's a nice thing. Um, so yeah, like all of the acting is good. But a lot of the writing, to me, seems lacking. Because mm-hmm. like you're not developing those characters. They just kind of exist to be there briefly. Is like, so these are kids saving the world? Oh, yeah, they have parents. Oh, yeah, they're in trouble. Oh, they have to escape from the house. And then that's it. It's like such a very brief uh, plot device where it's just then just don't give them screen time, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's important to remember that like from a narrative perspective, the parents are support characters. Yeah. Right. Like the kids are the main characters. The parents are there to alternate between being roadblocks for the kids and sometimes the crap. We are kids and we're in over our heads and the parents will like pull us out of this. Um, but they're, they're, they're basically plot devices for that. Like that's the function that they serve. Um, when it comes down to like the, the main characters, unfortunately and i do wish there was kind of more of a way around this like 11 kind of does everything (laughs) um she's always she's superman in like the world of mortals and so when aliens come from outer space it's not the mortals who accomplish like the big win you know it's maybe it's the power of friendship that you know gets us there at the end but it pretty much is salt baths yeah 
we've been really really ragging on it i there's there is some relationship that i kind of liked because they didn't just like make it super obvious like where it was all gonna go and they didn't spend a crazy amount of time on it from my perspective and that was like um sam and i can definitely remember his name uh lucas um who's sam uh max sorry my brain reversed and it and then changed one letter <laughs> yeah sam and max it was sam and max it's tried and true relationship <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i didn't hate that i thought that was that was fine it was like oh yeah they're kids they like each other they've gone through too much trauma to be able to just like be together mm-hmm. um i don't hate that like i could see that in a story and not be opposed to it um i disagree with the resurging problems with uh nancy jonathan and steve get past that in fact those characters should be past just relationship troubles and their story arc at this point because is that realistic for real life i don't know but it's boring to tread the same ground in the movie or in a show Um, i agree like and then figure out what to do with the kids. Because, like, there's too many of them. Hot take. Here's here's my hot take as we're approaching the, the, the last couple of minutes. They should have killed Max. For, for what specific reason? It would have been such a more impactful ending. Oh, if, I agree. Like, two things happened, right? Vecna dies. Max dies. Eleven Jesus seeing Max back is like the stupidest nonsense they could have done at the end here. Like they're investing way too much power in this one character. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like again, going back to stakes, I understand that you want to have him hire for certain drama or like it's the suspense of not knowing how bad it's going to get, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're like, oh, it's got real bad. You're like, okay, I was I was prepared for this based on things you showed me earlier. I guess this is the worst. I'm assuming the worst. And then you pull back going, just kidding. And it's like, uh-huh. where's that relationship of trust between what you show me in the show versus what you actually then do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and where I get it, like, it feels like it's cheap as far as it's just for the thrill and then not mm-hmm. for any of the writing. And I'm not like a, a jump scare or like thriller person. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm like, oh, is the story good? Well, I like the characters. What's happening with the action and the overall, the overarching plot? It just would have been, I feel like the reason she didn't die isn't because of any in-universe reason. It's for the fact that all these kids are in the show together. Like, so you don't think they'll kill any of the main kids. Exactly. Because like, then that, Unless the person wants to stop working on the show, basically. True. And it's unfortunate, but like that does take me out of the uh, fiction if I think that that's the driving reason for a Max side. Like she was in the process of being sacrificed. She even had the preparation steps of like writing the letters, closing a lot of these loops. They like insert the knife but don't quite twist it yet by having her like restart her relationship with lucas um 
And it's like they had everything primed for tragedy. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, ah, you you know what? We actually can't. If we kill her, she's not going to be in the next season. Dang. Okay, well, uh, have 11 fix it. Whatever. I'm going out to coffee, right? Like, (laughs) that's what it felt like. Yeah. And that's that feels sloppy every time. And they it could have been earned. That's it. the difference. With the one little change that she did die, now all of the kids are in danger again. Anytime that you're they're on screen and they're in danger, you're not really sure if they're going to make it because they already killed one of them. This is also like there's kind of this like resiliency that the kids have at this point where they kind of seem immortal because I think. I mean, but they got injured, I guess. But, like, it's probably the way they're interacting with the CGI. But when they're, like, fighting the bats and stuff like that, I'm like, I don't think they're really in trouble, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> not until they were given the cue. This is the point where, um, what was the uh, dungeon master's name? Eddie. The new guy. Eddie, yeah. This is the point where Eddie's dying. All right, die on the ground, Eddie. Go. <laughs> it's like, until that point, they're just kind of swinging around, but. Did you care that Eddie died? I'm glad he died. <laughs> it was the problem. Like, the story's better for him dying, is the way I'd put it. It would have been way worse if they kept him around. Because it's just, there's already too many characters in the cast. Yeah. I thought his character was okay. Everyone who I talked to and like the internet's like, he's the best! And for me, I'm also just like, I don't get happy from many things. So this is just also <laughs> in that category of like, it just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Like this character enough, but just not like, I didn't care that he died. Yeah. I was more like, oh, I guess they got licensing from Metallica. I guess things have changed since Guitar Hero days. Um, uh-huh. That was good. I, I, I like that scene. It was, it was their cool 70s, 80s throwback cool. scene. Um, but I'm still on the, I'm still on the max thing. You brought up Eddie. Every reason that Eddie had like a good out, those were great off ramps for Max. Yeah. Eddie like made the decision. He's like, I'm going to buy more time. When he made that decision, it's implausible for him to survive. When um, Dustin goes back to him, it's because like Dustin is a bad arse and he's like, I will break my leg trying to save you. Um, even if it doesn't make any sense, Dustin's just an amazing friend. Dustin MVP. Um for the match but like eddie basically narratively signed his fate and he said he's good with it by going back and max does the same thing she's like i'll be the sacrifice i'm gonna do all this and then they're like eh, pull her up yeah okay now i'm not now i'm done with max <laughs> so but yeah eddie was okay some brief predictions for like season five um they're going to kill off Steve, 100%. Yeah. Because like, as they were stealing the the Winnebago, he's talking to Nancy about like his future life plans, and she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you... This was alluding to earlier in the episode. Like, Why would you fucking bring that up out of nowhere unless you're going to die? Because mm-hmm. this is already honestly... passed. I think it was passed when he got injured, right? Mm-hmm. yeah because he i can't recall the exact timing but yeah 
But yeah, I feel like they'll they'll at least kill off Steve. They'll probably kill off somebody else. Um, they can't kill Hopper now because they've already almost killed him once. If they kill him at this point, it's going to make season four even worse. <laughs> so you're like, why did we spend so much time just to do this? So I hope they don't. I hope Steve survives. I hope Jonathan dies. Because he's not a character. So there was like one interesting thing that Jonathan did in the entire season. And it was Can like I the guess? conversation with. Go ahead. Is it when he talks to his brother? Yeah. Yeah. That's literally the only thing. Because like you see Will struggling throughout the entirety of season four. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, he loves Mike. And like at no point is anyone like, oh, does he love Mike? It's, it's fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that like he's, he's tortured by it. And his brother's like, oh, I'm the only person who can read human emotions. Uh, hey, if you ever need to talk to me, I'm there. Uh-huh. I'll try not be pot high so much. But yeah, he Here's doesn't the- do anything else this season or arguably season three doesn't do as much either. He's just he's supporting in the same way. He's not one of the main kids. Yeah, I feel that you know, Nancy they- does more than Jonathan on a she given does. season. She She's one of the active participants. Um, but I was going to say for that particular scene, I read online. I don't know if this is 100 percent true. I don't care. This is TMZ. Uh, basically, that scene with Will and Jonathan was suggested by the actors. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So I recently went to a, uh, a play, no, a musical. And I was talking to one of the people who's in it because the reason I went to see it was I knew, knew somebody in it. And he was saying with a lot of theatrical performances, a lot of times you will have people who feel like they don't get as much screen time or lines looking for Mm -hmm. excuses to, you know, I mean, they're a part of a big production, same as everybody else. So like they're spending the same amount of time Mm -hmm. there, whether or not they're actively doing stuff, but they would like to be a part of it and they like to contribute. So Mm -hmm. they'll come up with things like, Hey, maybe I could like say line here or something. But this instance that you're describing sounds more like a, Hey, maybe these two characters who like our brothers should fucking interact. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that would maybe make sense. And the writer's are like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Could you, like, imagine that season without that? Because what that did is it was the payoff. This is the Chekhov's gun for Jonathan looking back uh, through the rearview mirror and seeing his brother basically in shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like all of these things build up to the point where he's like, I have to confront this. I have to help him out interesting social times for this i don't think he's gonna have a very easy life i care about him i love him. Um, imagine without the writer's suggestions sorry without the actor's suggestions for that you know that conversational piece mm-hmm. of intimacy where jonathan's just from the writers you're like bro you gay <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's gay bro like he just says it or something like that. <laughs> that's how the reveal comes out it's he's just like no no what are you talking about he's like whoa are you actually gay? Yeah, like that's, that's what that's I would like to see. Uh-huh. If they keep Robin alive, which I'm fine if they kill Robin at any point, because I, I find her so annoying. Mm-hmm. But because Robin is gay, if that wasn't obvious in the show, uh-huh. um, and Will is gay, it seems like it. That they actually like, they find some common interaction because those two characters haven't really overlapped. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. 
I disagree I, on Robin. I kind of like Robin, but I don't think she contributes much to the story either. But I like when they have characters from, like, let's say you have a breakup of, let's say there's nine kids, and you have three here, three here, and three here. Mm-hmm. I like when they mix up the dynamic to be like, oh, how would it be if these two people hung out? So, like, in this season, they had Robin and Nancy, who were uh-huh. polar opposites. Um, but, like, it was a nice interaction to have them play off each other because it was a new dynamic. So, like, I'm in yeah. support of that. I like that. Yeah, I agree on that point. The Robin and Nancy moments were pretty good because, like, I just loved how Nancy is just, like, Robin literally always says what she's thinking, like, regardless of whether it's a good time or a bad time. Like, nervousness just turns reason off for her. And Nancy's just, like, she eventually adapts to just the straight bluntness. Oh, that's a poor choice of words. Straight um, bluntness. Sorry, that's that's a different character this season. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I'd be fine if that character wasn't in the show. But great acting. Props to the actor. Many, many future It, it was a nice little comedic thing. But yeah, I also don't need his character to be in future seasons. Like, it seemed like uh, we need a car delivery driver. And that uh-huh. they just they just pieced it back backwards. It's just like it feels like the writers are at odds, right? Because they want if, if a character is used, they want that character to be used like many times in the season. But like I think Argyle got more screen time than like some of the kids. And he doesn't he's mostly just there as like a tag along, like you said. He's a plot device. He's like, Oh yeah, I know where salt is. Um, yeah but he's primarily comic relief is his role exactly like that's his character um and the issue the issue really is and i think this is the problem the writers are really running running into is they need to have so many threads going so that the story doesn't just reach its climax at like episode three (laughs) they're like all right if we spend all of our time in the upside down or exploring 11's backstory they're gonna know who vecna is at like season three so russia russia arc and here's the west coast arc and the different kids are doing different things and all this the issue is it it just dilutes the pool of what's going on and you have like a contract basically that at least a high percentage of what happens on screen should mean something yeah and instead it feels like it's round robin not again not that character but like you're just like oh no it's these people's turn well these people's turn this these people's turn because next season you know these characters won't matter as much we'll go back to the kids or something like no i don't want to see that do it like harry potter harry potter ron hermione i don't even i've never read those books but maybe one other character um but you don't need like a main cast of 12 people no definitely not I would also like, as like a a final thing, so not trailing on, I like when they do stuff with Erica because I like a sassy character and Erica is the epitome of that. Erica is perfect for the way I wish they treated support characters. Argyle, great character. Have him in a couple scenes. Erica, she doesn't show up that often. She's in a couple scenes. She takes part in like the the climax uh, with the like assault on Vecna and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, like, hog the screen. She's not slowing down the action. She's there for the high points. Like, t- to actually contribute to it. 
instead of just to slow everything down. So they're good with that. They're the, some of their eccentric characters, or just really the personality characters, are really good. They just need to do better about how they allocate screen time um, for some of the other characters. We'll see how they do on season five. It'll probably be in a sign of like that was shit or oh, it's a real good season. Uh huh. Because season five, this one's supposed to be the last one, right? I don't know. I think that's the case. I I believe I read somewhere that season five is supposed to be the finale. Finale. I'd be fine if it was, because if I have to see another like end of season where they like be like, "Hey, there's this big uh, fucking McDonald's arches looming over Hawkins," I'm like, uh-huh. "Bro, I get it." Also, yeah, I, I realize we're over time, but you know, there's 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 other stuff like. I don't know how they still cover this up, right? Like the earth was rent in twain as like these huge summoning also, also brief aside to a brief aside. Bully guy, um the Jason. Uh Jason. I love his character. He's a single serving character. He's meant to be hated. He pulls it off so well. He yeah. also gets freaking like vaporized in half in that CGI when like the rift goes across the ground during the sacrifice oh does it he? tears him in half he, it's violent enough that it's actually only there for like a few frames but yeah he screams as he's like ripped in half because this magical whatever doesn't care that it's asphalt or house or whatever he's just happens to be there so it splits him i think this is when i was just checked out of the final episode i was just like yep yeah um but he's, yeah, his character like, is really good yeah. Because it's it's all justifiable. Mm-hmm. Like you can see things from his perspective of like these are things that happened to him. This is how he interpreted them. This is what he did. These are the actions he took afterwards based on information. Like, yeah, that seems plausible. The show has like focus as a resource and they mis misdistribute it. That's basically what I've been saying for the last hour. But like in a different version of the show, I think he would have been a kind of interesting character to actually reconcile with, to actually receive the revelation. Um, and this isn't that version of the show, and I think that's fine. I'm glad that they didn't, because the show is better as it exists right now, with him just dying in like three frames. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like you said, everything he did was justified. So coming to the end of it, and then having him you know, come to grips with the reality of the situation, I think could have been cool, but not if you have 12 other characters. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they hide this, is what I was trying to say. Like, it was glowing. Like, oh yeah, it's an earthquake. Is there an active volcano under Hawkins? Because <laughs> like, there was red lights coming out of this. And then the kids actually see the... um. Or I guess they see everything in flame. They don't actually see the shadow monster again at the end. But I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. I guess it's probably still going to be Vecna versus Eleven for control of the shadow monster. I don't know. I'd... I'll watch it to see where it goes at this point. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm invested enough to keep following up, but... Mm-hmm. Re-up Netflix for it. <laughs> I guess, yeah. 
but it's like you can easily watch that in a month when they drop the whole thing in a day mm-hmm. and then i'll catch up on westworld season four and be like man change things is actually pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um we've been way more critical on it than not but overall i, I do still enjoy the show it's it's worth resubscribing to Netflix for for like a brief period of time. Um, it's fun to watch. Yeah, and in general, I don't spend time shitting on things that I don't have like an invested opinion on. Right. You if I watched on one on movie and then it was bad, I'm not going to go around telling everybody how bad the movie was. I'll be like, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't for me. It's not worth raving about. Whereas like mm-hmm. this, I've watched four seasons i've liked parts i've disliked parts i'm in it for better for worse so i will be more critical of it because i care (laughs) yeah exactly as long as the ending's better than the game of thrones ending we're okay (laughs) and who has a better episode than than will (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah is that it they're also going to give Will psychic powers, just saying. Probably. If you guys have opinions on who should get psychic powers in our show, that's a really bad prompt. Send in whatever you want. So Press two podcast. on your phones to vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no send or anything. Uh, soapstonepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, it stands for electronic mail. Facebook.com is the social media site uh, for now. Ominous. At, I don't know. That's basically it. That's the, that's the show. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.